Let's turn to uh, two scriptures, Romans chapter 8 and 2 Corinthians 13. Romans chapter 8 and 2 Corinthians 13. Hallelujah. Um, if you could always hear from God, and if you always did what He instructed you to do, do you think you would ever fail? No. So that's that's what we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, over the next few sessions. This is gonna be. Uh, this is going to be a, a series that we're going to start on. So if you want to give this a title, you can call it Hearing from God. Hearing from God. And, and we're going to um, find out that we can be led by God, and we're going to find out how to be led by God. Is anybody interested in that? Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. I am too. <clears throat> Let's say this together. I'm quick. I'm bright. I'm good looking. I'm sharp. I'm very rich. And I'm a major blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. There's nothing more important than what the Lord is saying and doing. And the devil is a master at distractions. So in order to develop spiritually uh, in the word, in prayer, in faith, we must learn to develop powers of concentration. And we have to be able to focus and not allow external things to pull us off. Now let's turn to Romans 8.14. And read, let's read this out loud together. doesn't matter what translation you have. Romans 8.14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. One more time. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. There are male sons and there are female sons. But we're all sons. Amen? We're all children of God. And this word son, sons, has the meaning of maturing ones. It's not talking about babies or children. It, it's referring to maturing ones. Maturing in God is inseparable from learning to be led by the Spirit of God. One of the benefits of growing and maturing in God is that the things of God become more distinct. Uh, uh, you know, you become more aware and you understand better and you recognize quicker. And then you're, you're bolder to act on what you hear. Uh, so if we can hear from God, we've got it made. Amen? <laughs> we're going to be blessed. We're going to prosper. We're going to be healed. And uh, I'm not going to kind of go down this route today, but I'm just going to say this here, that being able to hear from God is, is very much associated with getting healed and being healed. And, and that's a whole kind of another... Uh, sidetrack of this and I think at some point you know when we talk about healing we, we need to talk about that because 
you need to be able you need to be able to hear from God do I take the medicine or do I not take it do I have this operation or do I not have it so so you can see the importance of hearing from God when it comes to healing so uh, we're, we're, we're going to we're, we're going to be learning uh, a lot of good things about this. How many of you believe your life is better today because you have heard from the Lord? Yeah. Somewhere, yeah. sometime. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. But we would like to hear Him clearer, wouldn't mm -hmm. we? More yes. distinctly. Yeah. And we can. Mm -hmm. And the leadings of the Lord can be much stronger and clearer to you than they are right now. We've all made mistakes in what we thought was the Lord or, or we can genuinely hear from the Lord and then put our interpretation on it. Uh, but as sons and children of God, we should be and can be led by the Spirit of God. Let's say this together. I'm led by the Spirit of God because I'm a son of God. Amen. This helps to get our words in line with what God has said about us. Uh, many times people are facing a, a, a situation, you know, a, a big, uh, you know, kind of junction in their life or something, and they, you know, they say, you know, I've, I've got to hear God about this. I don't want to miss it. You know, I don't want to make a mistake here. And they, they kind of get into a tizzy over it, you know, because it's, it's so, such a big deal and it's so important to them and they, they, they keep saying, well, I just can't hear from God. I'm just not hearing anything. I'm praying, I'm doing all I know to do and I'm just not getting anything, you know. But yeah, yeah. And the first thing they need to do is stop saying they can't hear from God. That's the first thing they need to do. Uh, so, so uh, John 10, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And the voice of a stranger they will not follow. And in 1 John 2.20, uh, it says, You have an unction or an anointing of the Holy One, and you know all things. So this is what we need to make our confession. Even when your mind is not clear about what you should do, out of your spirit begin to say, I'm His Son, I'm His Daughter, and I'm being led by him. I will make the right decision. I will do the right thing. And if your head says, yeah, but what about this and what about that? You just say, shut up, head. We're being led. Amen? Let's say that together. Shut up, head. We're being led. Hallelujah. Proverbs 3, verse 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Now it doesn't say don't use your understanding and it doesn't say don't use your head. It just says don't depend on it and don't trust don't don't trust uh, on your head is the is the final analysis. Uh, you know, use your mind, you know, make some phone calls, talk to some people, uh, you know, find out what you can in the natural about the situation. But in the final analysis, you want to trust what you're getting in here on the inside. Even if it's different from what seems to be reasonable uh, with your head, 
Go with what you're getting in your heart. So don't let your words be against what the Bible says concerning you. Don't, you know, stop saying, I can't hear from God. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm praying, I'm uh, listening, you know, I'm just not getting anything. You know, just start saying, no, I'm being led. I'm going to make the right decision. I'm going to do the right thing. Let's say this together. I'm being led. I'm being, led. I'm being directed. I'm being He's ordering my steps. He's ordering my steps. I'll go the right way. I'll make the right decisions. I'll make the right decisions. Amen. And especially say it when it seems you don't know. When it seems your head is just, you know, empty. Uh, or uh, That's the time you, you really want to make these confessions. So even if you think you don't know, you just keep saying, I'm being led. I hear his voice. I know his voice, the voice of a stranger. I will not follow. I have an anointing inside me, and I know. And, and as you speak these words, and you get in line with what God's word says, you're giving God uh, something to work with, and you're opening the door for the Holy Spirit to reveal to you because you're talking faith. Now you're, you're in agreement with what the Holy Spirit says, and now it's like kind of tuning your radio into the same frequency. You know, the, the, if you're on the, if, if the Holy Spirit's on the FM band and you're over here on the AM band saying, I'm not hearing anything, I, I, you know, I, I always do the wrong thing and I, I won't know what to do. You're on the AM band and he's on the FM band. So we got to get on the same uh, radio frequency. Now let's look at 2 Corinthians 13. 2 Corinthians 13. Verse... 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Let's look at that phrase, the communion of the Holy Ghost. This word communion means fellowship or a sharing in common. Uh, a communion meal in the Bible is when a uh, a meal was shared. They all ate the same food at the same table, and when they finished, they all had the same food on the inside of them. Uh, and part of what they ate became a part of them. And this is a picture of the communion table of Christ. We, when we partake of the bread, we partake of the body of Jesus. When we partake of the cup, we're partaking of his blood. And we wind up with the same thing in all of us. So that's why when we take communion together, we've all, we've all shared the same body of Christ and the same blood of Christ. So, so we've, uh, we're fellowshipping together uh, around the body and the blood of Jesus. And that's what we're doing right now. We're having some spiritual food, and we're all eating the same food right now today. I'm, I'm eating as well as giving out. I'm eating too. <laughs> Amen. So we read in Romans 8, 14 that um, we are led by the Spirit of God. Now the Holy Spirit 
is a person. You know, some people think the Holy Spirit is a dove or he's electricity or he's something you can feel, you know, goosebumps or something like this. But the Holy Spirit is a person. Power is one of his attributes. It's not that he's a fixture like a, a you know, a power plug or something. Power is just one of his attributes, but he is a person. He's a divine, knowable person. Uh, and, and you can fellowship with him. That's why you can't fellowship with electricity or some object, you know. But, but, but the Holy Spirit is a person. Let's say this together. Communion of the Holy Ghost. Communion of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now this word communion does not describe a rare, spectacular experience. Uh, it describes an ongoing, continual, constant sharing back and forth. This is something that we're, uh, you know, we're, we're to be communing with Him all day just as we go about our business. You know, not just in prayer time, when you're walking down the road, you know, when you're driving, just be aware of what's, look inside, just be aware, monitor your heart. Just be aware of the, of the Holy Spirit in you. Brother Hagen used to say many people are speaking, this, are seeking the spectacular and they're missing the supernatural. Many people are seeking the spectacular and they're missing the supernatural. We need to get away from the idea that, uh, you know, when we get in a tight place and we, you know, we feel like we just got to hear from God about this, that we can just go in and pray real hard and real fast for a few minutes and God's just going to speak to us in an audible voice or we're going to have a vision or something. We, we've got to get away from that. Um, there can be uh, there's the spectacular. There can be dramatic experiences, you know, like Paul's experience on the road to Damascus. But that's very, very rare. I mean, that's, that's very rare. Um, we, we know in, in Paul's situation, that's what was required, you know. But we're not, we're not in that situation. Uh, we have a Bible, and we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. So uh, we're, we're to be led by the Spirit of God. This, uh, these dramatic experiences do happen, but it's not the norm, and it's not the way God intended for us to live. Uh, he did not intend us uh, to live just leaning on our own understanding until we get into a difficult place and then, you know, start pressing in and and expecting to hear voices and expecting some spectacular vision or see an angel or something like that. No, we're to have a continuous, ongoing communion and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. He lives on the inside of us 24 hours a day. Uh, John 16, 13, Jesus said, He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. And in John 14, speaking about the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, 
but you know him, for he dwelleth in you and shall be in you. That is supernatural. For the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead to be living on the inside of every single one of us is not spectacular, but that is supernatural. And to have this uh, communication, to be able to communicate with him, you know, have access to him 24 hours a day is supernatural. And what we've got to learn is how to tap in to this. And that's what we're going to be, that's what we're going to be getting into gradually. But I'm going to try to do this line upon line, precept upon precept. Uh, I've heard Brother Copeland say, we need to be God inside me minded. You know, God is on the inside of me minded. That, that's the way we need to, to see ourselves. Mm. This is one of the things that makes our covenant better than the old. The, the Old Testament believers, they weren't even born again. They did not have the Holy Spirit uh, in them. They didn't have this communion. God had to deal with them in spectacular ways. You know, like Moses in the burning bush. God, he had to. It was required. There was no other, you know, there, there just wasn't any other way. Um, but, but unfortunately, that uh, has found its way over into the New Testament. And, and many Christians expect God to deal with them in these burning bush type situations, you know. And that's not the case uh, you know, we, we've heard testimonies of people who had a, a really dramatic supernatural encounter with God, and, and we're even hearing some about it today, especially in some of the Muslim countries where the Word of God has been banned, mm -hmm. and you cannot preach the Word, and these people have no way of, of hearing the Word of God, really, and God just does these supernatural, mm -hmm. uh, dramatic things to reveal Himself to these people, that He's alive, but we're not in that position, people. We're in a free country. We've got the Word of God. We can hear the preached Word. God, God doesn't, He's not going to, He doesn't expect us to, to live like that. We have the Word of God, and we've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Those people are totally cut off from God over there. So, so it's a totally different situation. Um, a lot of Christians are not aware the Lord is speaking to them most of the time. The Lord wants us to get to the place that when we get up in the morning, all day we're communing with the Holy Spirit in our heart. You know, while we're getting dressed or while you're fixing breakfast or while you're having a cup of tea, you know, just, you know, say, we're just asking, Lord, what about this? What, what should I do about this today? You know, how should I handle this? You know, should I go see these people? Just this kind of a running conversation, you know, with the Holy Spirit. Uh, and then whatever He tells you to do, do it. That's, I mean, it sounds, it's a, it sounds very simple. Uh, it's, that sounds like an oversimplification. Uh, but that, that's the way it works. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1. Let's turn back to 1 Corinthians 1. Verse 9. God is faithful by whom ye were called 
unto the fellowship, there's the word fellowship again, of his son Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's all say this together. God is faithful. Amen. Can anybody say God has been faithful to me? Yes. Boy, I can raise ten hands on that. Amen. Hallelujah. The first call in our life is to fellowship. Jesus said, I only do what I see my Father do, and I only say what I hear him say. When did Jesus see what the Father did? When did he hear him <coughs> say what the Father said? How did, this, how did this work? How did Jesus hear what the Father was saying? When he was praying. Yeah. And, and when he was just walking down the road, maybe going from one town to another, mm -hmm. and God's telling him what to do when he gets to the next town, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So he had this continual, ongoing uh, communion and fellowship with the Father and, and uh, you know, and, uh, you know, we kind of get this picture of Jesus just kind of walking around, you know, uh, just... You know, we see lots of religious pictures of Jesus kneeling and praying, and I know he did. But all, I don't believe he only fellowshiped with God when he just went away by himself and prayed. You know, I think he, he was continually listening to what God was, was telling him. You know, Lord, what, what do I do about this when I get to this town? You know, I, that's what happened. You know, when he cleared the temple, he went in the temple. It says the day before... He went in there, and he just walked around and, and looked. He did not do one thing. Mm -hmm. He did not open his mouth. Mm -hmm. He just went in there to kind of get the, the lay of the land, and I believe the whole time he was listening to God and, and seeing that, you know, you got gambling going over here, and you got them selling this, that, and the other, and, and God said, my house is a house of prayer, and they're using it for a, a marketplace and a casino, you know? You know that ticked God off, and it ticked Jesus off, but, and, and, and Jesus said, Lord, what do you want me to do about this? You know, do you want me to do something about this, or do you want me to just walk out, you know? And, and, it, and he didn't do anything that day, but I believe the whole time he was just listening to God, what do you want to do about this? And it's the next day he came back and he cleared them out. So I, I believe that's, that's what he was doing. So uh, now we're going to talk about the first and foremost basic way we hear from God. The first and foremost basic way we hear from God. So if you want to make, if you like to number and you want to make this one, the written word of God through this book, this is the first and foremost way we hear from God, God speaking to us. Let's turn to 2 Peter. Second Peter one. Second Peter one verse sixteen. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. 
For he, talking about Jesus, received from God the Father honor and glory. When there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. Now what Peter's referring to here, you know, is the, uh, when Jesus was transfigured on, on the Mount of Transfiguration, and you've, you've you know, all read about that. Uh, I think it was what Peter, James, and John, I think, were with him on, on the mountain. And uh, they heard an audible voice from heaven. And God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. This was a spectacular event. Uh, is there anything more sure than God speaking to, to you in an audible voice or standing there looking at Jesus and he's glowing like a light bulb and God speaking out of a glory cloud that has come down. This was a spectacular event. And Peter is saying, there is something more sure than hearing an audible voice. There's something more sure than uh, seeing something spectacular like this. And, and what he's saying, we have something more sure than this. And he's talking about the scriptures and the written word of God. Uh, down in verse 19, he says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now here P Peter is saying, I was there. I heard this audible voice. I saw this cloud. I saw Jesus glowing like a light bulb. But I'm telling you, there's something more sure uh, than what I saw, and it's the written word of God. It's more sure than that audible voice that I heard that day on the mountain. The writers of the Bible, what he's saying here uh, in verse 20, 21, the writers of the Bible did not write their own interpretation of what they thought should be said. God moved on them by the Holy Spirit, and they recorded it. The written word of God is the most sure way of hearing from God. Yet there are people who ignore and set aside what the Bible says, and they believe what they say they had in a dream or a vision or an audible voice uh, or something like this. Angelic visitations do happen, but not all the time, and it doesn't happen to everybody. And we shouldn't expect to, for God to lead us in these ways. If you know someone who claims they're seeing angels two or three times a week, I would distance myself yeah. from them. Because yeah. <laughs> I've seen them, but not two or three times a week. 
If you read <coughs> through the book of Acts, uh, we see these spectacular experiences. Uh, you know, they didn't happen more than two or three times in somebody's entire life, mm. you know. Um, so, so you can go your entire life and never have a vision, never hear an audible voice or something like that, but it doesn't mean that you're not spiritual. What we can have and what we should have every day is the leading of the Holy Spirit through the communion of the Holy Spirit and first and foremost through the Bible. <clears throat> Praise God for spectacular experiences but don't believe every vision somebody tells you. Uh, check it out with the Word of God and check it out with your, your own heart. Some people believe if they see an angel, it has to be God, and that is not true. Everything that's spiritual is not necessarily God. Demons are spirits, but it's not God. <clears throat> So we have a more sure word. The less you know about the word of God, the easier it is for you to be deceived. And that's why some people see these things and they're just convinced it's God and they're not checking it out by this. <clears throat> so uh, first, uh, Second Corinthians 11.14 says, For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. You remember when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness by Satan? That was a spiritual experience. But it wasn't God talking to him, was it? <laughs> Satan even quoted the Bible. <laughs> he did, but he used it out of context. And Jesus replied with another scripture. You know, Satan said, if you're the son of God, throw yourself off the temple, for it is written, he will give his angels charge over you. Now, that's in the Bible. That's, that's true, but it's not all the truth. Jesus said, it's also written. There's something else written in the Bible too, and that says, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. So Satan tried to get Jesus to commit suicide by jumping off the temple, uh, quoting the Bible to him. What if Jesus had not known all the truth? Uh, you know, he could have thought, well, you know, the Bible does say he'll give his angels charge over me. I mean, I guess I could jump off and God would take care of me. You know, he would protect me because it does say that, you know. Praise God he didn't, you know. Uh, but that wasn't all the truth. The more you know the Word of God, the harder it is for somebody to put something over on you. Let's say this together. This is the more sure word. This is the more sure word. Amen. <clears throat> the more carnal or natural a person is, when they ask God to speak to them, they expect God to do it in some natural, carnal uh, way. They want to feel something. They want to hear something. They want to see something. But God is a spirit. The answers to thousands of questions are already in this book. 
Most people's questions would be answered if they would just come sit at, under the Word of God because the Holy Spirit knows what you need to hear. He knows what you need to hear. He knows what you need to hear and what you need to hear today. And He knows how to take this Word and tell you what to do and tell you what to do and speak to every single one of you individually about your situation. And it may have nothing to do with what uh, we're talking about today. You know, um, that's why it's so important. If God prompts you to go to a meeting, you need to go. Because, and I don't care if the subject is something that you think, Psh, I already know that, or, you know, well, I'm, I'm not dealing with that. that. That's not what I need to hear from God about. I need to hear from God about this over here. But the Holy Spirit knows who's going to be there, and he can have that preacher stop and get off on a rabbit trail that, that goes around, and he, he t in this little rabbit trail, he answers the question, that you've been struggling with for days or weeks, and it had nothing to do with his sermon. You know, he quoted the scripture, and you're sitting there, and you're thinking, that's it. That's what I've been seeking God about for weeks. So that's why it's important to, to, uh, to you know, if you're prompted, you think, I know I'll go to that meeting, but, you know, I really don't have time or whatever. You need to pay attention to these things because the Holy Spirit knows who's in a meeting exactly what they need to hear and he'll answer your question and he'll answer yours and he'll answer yours that's that's see that's supernatural that's supernatural it's not spectacular but that is that is supernatural that he can do that so uh, we have everything God said to Moses we have everything God said to Abraham we have everything God said to Solomon. We have everything God said to David. Right here. Right here in this book. Uh, I don't really counsel people because most of my counseling lasts about one minute. This is what the Word says. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's about the end of my counseling, you know? But... Uh, you know, we, we can say, Lord, I need to hear from you, and you can open your Bible, and you can turn to any page and start reading, and God will speak to you right off the page and to your own heart. It's an open book test, and we have the book with all the answers. Mm -hmm. You can be reading along. The Holy Spirit may direct you to a particular uh, scripture, and this is, this is what's important about hearing the Word of God. You know, Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, He will bring things to your remembrance, but He can't bring something to your remembrance that you've never heard or you've never read. What you've heard preached, what you've read in the Bible, the Holy Spirit can quicken that Scripture to you, but if you've never read it, you've never heard it, there's nothing for the Holy Spirit to bring to your remembrance. Mm. So, um, you know, you can be reading along. He'll direct you to a certain passage or scripture. And suddenly that written word becomes a rhema word. You know what I mean? Yeah. It becomes a rhema word to you. And I remember uh, Brother Gordon uh, 
one of the sermons he preached one time in our church here, and I, 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 I wouldn't have the slightest idea what, what the message was. But see, this is another opportunity, this is another example of the Holy Spirit bringing something to your remembrance. And I don't even know what the title of the message was, but I remember this example he gave. He gave an example of a lady who was in the hospital and the doctors had told her they were going to have to amputate her foot. And she's, you know, she's seeking the Lord about this. Now, can you see the importance of being able to hear from God in a situation like this? And, um, you know, she's seeking the Lord about this. Is Lord, what should I do? I don't want to lose my foot, you know. And... Uh, so she's, she sought the, the Lord about this. Lord, do I let him take my foot off or not? Uh, and so she turned in her Bible, and she was led to Proverbs 3.26. And this is what it says. For the Lord shall be thy confidence, and shall keep thy foot from being taken. <gasps> oh, wow. <laughs> now... Phew. That, can you see how just opening your Bible, the written word, that, that was talking about a sure word. That couldn't have been any more sure if Jesus had walked in the room and stood in front of her bed and said, I'm your confidence, your foot's not going to be taken, it's going to be okay. Amazing. Yeah, that's that is the Holy Spirit. And that's why, you know, we have a more sure word. We have a more sure word. Her answer was right there on the page of her Bible. Hallelujah. So she told the doctors they were not going to take her foot off. <laughs> because she had heard from God and it was going to be okay. Amen. Everybody say a more sure word. A more sure word. Hallelujah. Um, a year or two ago, um, I may have kind of shared this previously, but um, my mother was living in this um, assisted living kind of retirement community, and the only thing they had to do was keep for her was to keep up with her medicine. And do you think they could do it? No way. And there was a catalog of, of errors and incidents. And, and in the end, she wound up in the hospital as a result of one of them. And the doctor, her doctor was furious. You know, he was really furious. And um, he documented in her official hospital records that this was due to medical negligence on the part of these people. When they found that out, brother, they were hopping mad because they didn't want to look bad, you know? Especially since the hospital owned the retirement place. So, my sister gets a letter from the where she lived and they were gonna sue my mother. Now they're the ones, <laughs> she's, they're the reason she's in the hospital. Now this is how crazy and mixed up and upside down the world is. So my sister contacted me, you know, and so I began to seek the Lord about it, you know. I, I, I had peace about it pretty much. But uh, in the mornings, I had been 
meditating on some of the psalms. And uh, maybe just 10 or 15 minutes, you know, before I went to work, I'd just sit in the car and I'd just meditate on some of the psalms. And one day, and, and a few days after this, my eyes went over to Psalm 33:10. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. And when I read that, I knew that is the answer. These people are not going to see my mother. They're, you know, this is going to be all right. This is going to come to nothing. They're just threatening and they're just blowing hot air. And I contacted my sister and I said, it's going to be all right. I shared the scripture with her. I said, do whatever you have to do in the natural. If you, if the lawyer has to write a letter, let him write one or whatever. But I said, I have heard, I have heard from God. The written word. I mean, that, that was answered in that psalm. You know, it was, that was like a rhema word to me. It just, I knew that was the answer. Uh, to that situation. So, uh, you know, when when I came here, uh, I've, I've shared with you about how, you know, my the call. I didn't know anything about what I'm talking to you about. Even this, I mean, would to God I have I would have known these things a few years ago, or for sure when I was about 18 years old. You know, <laughs> and you're deciding where you're going to go to university and what you're going to study and all this. I mean, I didn't have a clue about any of, any of these things. But when I came here, my cost of living went that way and my paycheck went that way. And I mean, I wasn't just scraping the barrel. I was like Brother Hagen says, I was under the barrel and the barrel was on top of me, you know. But I began to study this word, I began to get my hands on Brother Copeland's tapes and whatever tapes I could get. And I said, you know, I'm gonna, I know the answer to my situation is in this book. And I'm gonna stick with it till I find it. And it didn't happen overnight, but I began, I'd get little glimpses of light here and everything I would learn and every scripture I'd read, I'd put it into action. And gradually, it began to bring me out. And, and it brought me out all the way. Everybody say, a more sure word. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I think this is a good place to stop today because um, next session, we're going to talk about the second most common way God leads his children.